Wellness includes sparking creativity, extending your patience, promoting self-examination, awakening wonder, catalyzing laughter, facilitating friendships, enhancing the sound of music, or even the touch of your lover's skin. Cannabis truly has the ability to enrich the most precious parts of our lives, as well as help treat symptoms of the modern world that our bodies are, you know, exhibiting. everyone, welcome to the Please Hustle Responsibly podcast. This podcast was started by myself, Christina Magro, Christina Veltri, and Matt Cole of Support Staff. And we started this podcast to give folks in the food and beverage industry better tools to advocate for themselves in and outside of the workplace. And today I am very excited about this conversation. Um, but before we get into it and we start talking to our special guests, this afternoon, Elizabeth, I'm going to check in with Matt Cole. How are you doing, Matt? Uh, I'm good. Uh, enjoying this kind of spring day with a little bit of snow. Uh, but I'm going to the Garfield Park Conservatory tonight, which is super exciting. And I'm very into that. Uh, and other than that, you know, just like things are kind of reopening quickly and kind of moving fast. So I'm just getting used to uh, being social again i guess like doing things outside of my house uh which is weird but i've got a great therapist that i've been talking to about my social anxieties so that's been pretty nice uh Veltri, how are you i'm pretty good i'm also getting used to being social again and having like a full work schedule so i've been really exhausted so i'm trying to like combat that and work in more self-care um, activities, but otherwise doing well. Mags, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm also um, trying not to forget everything that I've like learned in our quarantine pandemic times and the boundaries that I told myself I was going to set when I got back into work life. Um, so I'm trying to remember those boundaries. And although it's not easy, I'm trying to stick to them. And like Matt, I have a really good therapist who's uh, helping me through, um, you know, uh, easing back into society, I guess, in all of these different facets and, and what that looks like. And uh, today I'm really excited uh, because we get to talk about something that I personally um, am a big fan of, and that is cannabis. But before we get into cannabis, specifically CBD today, I'd like to ask Lizzie, how are you doing today? You know, I'm doing okay compared to other days recently. Um, I got my second dose of the Moderna vaccine last week, um, which feels good, but is also triggering a lot of my social anxiety because um, now I don't have an excuse to not go socialize, <laughs> which obviously is something I'm trying to work through. <sighs> but overall, I mean, I'm luckier than most, and I feel grateful for that. 
Yeah, it's so great to hear a, a lot of folks now are getting vaccinated and can emerge back into all of this safely. It's It feels like there's uh, a small light at the end of this tunnel now, so that's good. Yeah. But today, um, before we get into our main subject, um, for folks out there who don't know you, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. My least favorite thing to do is talk about myself, <clears throat> but here we go. My name's Elizabeth Nicolitz. Um, she, her. I've spent the better part of 20 years in Northern California, um, got into the hospitality industry at 16, used that to kind of live in different cities all over California, ended up in Chicago where I met all of you wonderful humans. Um, and. Yeah, I've always been an advocate for cannabis, and I'm grateful that the past few years I've been able to look into the science of why it actually works for me. Um, so now I'm the director of business development for a small CBD company called Lost Range. I'm really excited to hopefully catalyze this position into spreading education and information um, and kind of destigmatizing the plant in general. Nice. So before you started working with Lost Range, how did the pandemic affect your life, either professionally or personally? Well, again, I would like to acknowledge my privilege in all of this and the experience that I had. Um, I was initially later furloughed because of the company I worked for, they were nice enough to keep us on and keep us on healthcare for a few months. And I eventually got laid off. Um, and I was able to stay home safely and really use this time to reflect on my life and what it looked like, what I wanted it to look like. And yeah, I mean, it really was the kick in the pants I needed to get myself out of the unhealthy scenarios that I was in within this industry and really start to look at how I could make changes and hopefully help the greater community make those changes as well. So how did you go about making the transition from um, the hospitality world into the cannabis industry? Well, like I said, it's always been something I've been curious about. Um, talking to anybody who wanted to talk about it with me. Um, and I ended up having a friend within the industry who had college friends who started this small company a little over two years ago and made the connection. It was a good fit. And here I am trying to figure it out. So for folks who aren't really familiar with cannabis, what is the difference between cannabis and CBD? Here's where we're going to start to get technical. Um, and before I take you down this very exciting rabbit hole, I just want to state that cannabis is medicine. It's always been used as medicine. Um, it never should have been made illegal. And cannabis reform is a social justice issue. With that being said, let me uh, explain what CBD is and how it can help. Within the cannabis plant, there have been phytocannabinoids that have been identified, over 113 of them, in fact. 
CBD was the second one that was found and probably the most studied. There are two plant categories within um, the overarching plant family, cannabis sativa. That's marijuana and that's hemp. So marijuana is going to be the plant that is higher concentrations of uh, THC, which is the psychoactive um, high that you get from cannabis, right? And then hemp, which traditionally was grown for its textiles and fibers, is predominantly heavy in CBD. Why this is important is because in 2018, um, the Farm Bill was passed, which legalized industrial hemp production and also descheduled all cannabinoids except for Delta 9 THC, removing them from Schedule 1, um, enabling scientists to study the effects. So um, each cannabinoid produces a different um, reaction within your body and different combinations and ratios uh, offer different effects as well. And we're still definitely learning all of this as trials and um, studies grow. CBD um, has been found to relieve pain and inflammation, reduce anxiety and depression, treat insomnia and improve sleep quality, promote healthy skin and fight acne, treat PTSD and PMS, reduce seizures and convulsions, help people struggling with substance abuse of things like opioids, alcohol, and nicotine, uh, reduce stress, which directly benefits heart health and the circulatory system, alleviates cancer-related symptoms and side effects that treatments can cause, has neuroprotective properties and improves neuroplasticity, modulates metabolism and neurologic function, suppresses the appetite, promotes a healthy digestive process and overall gut health, and has been found effective in shrinking tumors. Now you might be wondering, how can one cannabinoid within this one plant family yield all these different treatments to ailments? And this is where we dive a little deeper. So in 1992, um, actually during a federally funded research project where they hoped to prove that THC was harmful, scientists <laughs> discovered that the compounds in cannabis create their effects by stimulating a previously undiscovered cellular communication network. So this electrochemical signaling system is known as the endocannabinoid system. It has receptors called CB1 and CB2 that are located all over the body. And these receptors interact with every other bodily function that we have. So I'm talking the central nervous system, um, reproductive system, endocrine system, immune system, microcirculation. And all of those different systems, as you know, play a role in stress, sleep, mood, appetite, immunity, inflammation, gut function, and our fight or flight response. Um, remarkably, it was discovered that our bodies actually produce our own indigenous cannabinoids that interact with these receptors. Um, and they're very similar to THC and CBD. And they can be found all over the body in your brains, organ, connective tissues, glands, immune cells. Um, and one of the best known endocannabinoids is 
anandamide. You might have heard of it. It's called the bliss molecule. Um, and in fact, elevated levels of endocannabinoids are naturally found in breast milk, and they're the source of the runner's high. It's not um, endorphins as previously thought, which is pretty cool. No matter where they're located in the body, the goal of endocannabinoids remains the same, maintaining homeostasis. And that means maintaining balance within your body, no matter what internal or external factors may be present. So it's now believed that it has been an integral part in the evolution of our brains and nervous systems, as it's found in the physiology of all creatures except for insects, which is why people have like pet tinctures and things to help with anxiety and ailments in their animals. Unfortunately, when the ECS isn't functioning properly, it can no longer keep the body in homeostasis. Um, and this is what leads to injury and illness, right? Um, and unfortunately, modern life um, isn't quite designed to facilitate a healthy ECS. Some things that can be detrimental are eating unhealthy foods, taking patent drugs, being exposed to environmental toxins and chemicals, stress, and then all of the ways in which those things alter your DNA. But I do bring good news. There are things you can do to soothe and tone your ECS. Things like eating whole foods, which in case you didn't know, hemp seeds are a complete protein and a great natural source of omega-3 fatty acids, which are actually the building blocks for um, endocannabinoids. So you can do that. You can eat adaptogenic herbs and spices. You can detox your body through proper hydration. You can conscientiously consume phytocannabinoids. You can practice, and this is a mouthful, Cannabimimetic practices, which include sleep, yoga, exercise, breath work, and meditation. You can foster healthy relationships within all aspects of your life. And an added bonus, smiling, hugging, dancing, singing have all been proven to naturally increase your endocannabinoid production. So by positively influencing our ECS, we are enabling our natural balancing system to function the way it's supposed to, boosting its natural ability to heal and address any imbalances we must, might have. So in a long wordy explanation, that is how CBD can help so many people. That's incredible. I guess I didn't realize. <laughs> Honestly, I did not know the endocannabinoid system existed a year ago. It was a rabbit hole that I fell down and researched and watched videos, which I'll make sure to share with you so you can um, tag them in the info and people can check them out for themselves. But it's really miraculous. What are the ways of which people can ingest or use CBD? Well, it's a pretty unregulated market. Um, so people are getting creative. The most common ways would be through a tincture um, or through a topical treatment of some kind, um, edibles. There's so many, so many things. Um, I personally believe that everyone should start with a tincture um, because that's the fastest, most effective way to get it into your bloodstream. And from there, they can kind of find those receptors that need help engaging 
and get them going again. So do you put this tincture like in your tea or water or do you just take it straight to the face or? So um, cannabinoids are not water soluble. They're fat soluble. So all the tinctures are going to be in carrier oils. Um, at Lost Range, we use a MCT oil, but you can find various oils that are used. Um, so you could put it in beverages and that's where you'll see brands coming out with nano tinctures. So the molecules have been essentially expanded enough that they are water soluble. Um, for the fat soluble, the best way to take it is sublingually, which means under your tongue, right? So you take the dropper, you put your specified dose under there and then hold it for at least 30 seconds. This enables it to really soak in through that thin layer of skin and get into your bloodstream. Um, this is also recommended if you're eating edibles for medicinal use. It helps get into your system faster as well. And if I was using CBD more like as a topical, because you said it could help with inflammation, say like my robo knees are swollen, how do I do I have to get a special kind of like salve or can I use the same CBD tincture that I'm ingesting on my knee too? Okay, so yes and no. Yes, you wanna be using the tincture to combat it internally, um, but no, you don't wanna put that tincture directly on your skin. There are salves and rubs and bath bombs and bath salts and massage oils and sprays and all sorts of things that you can do to more locally treat those symptoms. Um, so I definitely recommend, like I said, having it internally and being consistent about your consumption in the same way that you would a supplement, right? So you want your body, you want those levels to be consistent so the ECS is like running optimally. And then robo knees, bad back from bartending, neck from sleeping wrong, whatever physical pain you're having, you can then treat with a topical. So we have a muscle and joint rub with, C or with Lost Range that not only has CBD isolate, but it also has other natural ingredients that help with inflammation. And it has menthol, which gives it that like icy hot effect as well. Um, my father actually had a tumor growing in one of his wrists. And I sent him one of our muscle and joint rubs, told him to do it twice a day, in the morning and night, and then as needed. And he's got basically full use of his wrist back. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I hesitate to say it's miraculous because it's been equated, you know, to snake oil and a fix-all remedy. But once you understand the science behind it, you realize that it really can be that remedy for people. And you said that like a lot of this research, you know, you've been doing in the past year or so. What are some other things that you found out like through your research that you think people should know about either CBD or cannabis in general that they might not be aware of? Yeah, um, some important points I really like to stress when I talk to people about it is it's up to us to change the conversation and the language we use around cannabis, right? I mean, we all grew up with 
oh, let's go get high, let's smoke a joint, blah, 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 right? Fun, recreational. Um, but if we start changing that language and really addressing it for what it is, which is a wellness supplement, right? Um, we can start to help destigmatize adult use um, around the world, really. Another thing is, you know, being open and honest about your personal consumption and what it helps you with really helps create a safe space for people who are unsure or working on deprogramming all the propaganda that was pumped into our country for, you know, generations, right? I mean, cannabis was listed in the U.S. Pharmacopoeia um, from 1850 to 1942. You know, there was, if you read, there's some books that really lay out the history and you really see the criminalization of cannabis and the war on drugs for what it really is, right? Political motives, the 1% trying to maintain their power, et cetera. Um, so just being really cognizant of that and acknowledging the fact that even though it's legal in, I think, 18 plus states and growing, there are still, I think, over 44,000 people that are still incarcerated for nonviolent um, cannabis charges. Um, there's a great uh, nonprofit called Last Prisoner Project that you should definitely check out um, what they're doing around education and advo advocating for those that are still incarcerated. <sighs> Another thing I want to make sure your viewers know is you have an, a unique and intimate relationship with your body, right? You live in it. You know it. It's your job to advocate for it. Um, a lot of medical doctors don't actually know about the ECS because it's not included in their textbooks. Uh, thanks, big medicine and big pharma, but that's a discussion for a different day. Um, if you're lucky enough to have health insurance and the ability to talk to your doctor about it, I definitely encourage doing that. Um, but if you're like a lot of us and are uninsured right now, there are online resources, support groups, things like that, that you can look into. Um, I know that I and my team are here for you anytime. If you have questions, concerns, whether it's dosing or ingredients or anything like that, call us, we're here to help. Um, gosh, there's so many things that you should know. Dosage, um, it can span a wide range, anywhere from five milligrams to a day to over a thousand when you're treating like those super chronic illnesses. The objective is to start low and go slow, right? You want to find that ideal therapeutic dose where you're not consuming more than necessary to get the required benefits, right? Like anything in life, moderation and uh, conscious consumption. When you're shopping for CBD, there are some things you need to be aware of. Um, there's no regulation right now on products. So you really have to be careful and look at the ingredients and understand what you're purchasing. Uh, hemp is a bioaccumulator, which means it sucks up anything that was in the soil it was grown in. So it's important to know where the cannabis that produced your tincture or um, salve was grown, right? Um, another thing to keep in mind is whether you want to use full spectrum 
or a CBD isolate. So the difference is CBD isolate is the one cannabinoid isolated at 99.99% purity. Um, it's good for people who might have sensitivity to THC, live in a state where laws are still a little strict, um, or have to undergo like workplace drug testing, right? It's a way that you can still get the benefits um, without taking any unnecessary risk because it is federally legal across the board. That being said, full spectrum is also federally legal across the board, but it contains all other cannabinoids, terpenes, and flavonoids that are in the actual whole plant. And it's allowed to have up to 0.3% THC. It's, I'm just gonna get technical again. So the reason that full spectrum is a better choice if you can take that with THC is something known as the entourage effect. It essentially, is the sum being greater than all of its parts, right? Because we are still understanding how each of these things and in combination, how they affect the human body. But we do know that they give a overall more holistic benefit by using full spectrum. Um, another thing that you need to keep in mind is what do you want to use it for? You know, what are your ailments? What is your body like? What's your preference? Um, how do you get the product into your system? Like we discussed with, you know, topically or sublingually. I already mentioned ingredients. So there should really in a tincture only be two ingredients. Three, if you have like a peppermint flavor, right? If there's ingredients in there that you can't pronounce, you shouldn't be putting it in your body. Um, another way to make sure that you find a quality product is they should provide you a COA, which is a certificate of analysis. Um, and what that does is it's a third party unbiased testing that shows any contaminants or heavy metals that might be in the final product, again, due to the soil it was grown in. Um, and then a breakdown of what cannabinoids at what percents and things like that. So it's a sign of legitimacy, of quality, um, and of safety. And lastly, you want to just look at, it should clearly state how many milligrams are in whatever container you're looking to buy. So then you just want to see the dosage. Um, and in case people are confused, milligrams and milliliters are not interchangeable. Milligrams are the, the amount of active ingredient and the milliliters are the volume of liquid in which it is in. Um, and then cost, you know, what you can afford, what you're willing to pay relative to how many doses you get. Yeah, just, you know, approaching this informed puts you in a really good spot to um, make sure that you're consuming quality medicine. Um, I know I covered a lot very quickly and I did most of the talking. So do you have any questions? Um, I would like to know, speaking of like quality and being informed and since this is like really an unregulated um, area that uh, this whole kind of product comes from is like, can we talk about lost range? And so we obviously know that this is a yeah. source 
of CBD, like, um, cause this is who you work for. So what, like, who are these people? How did they get into the CBD world? Yeah. I get a job. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Um. <laughs> I mean, we're a small company. We're always growing, right? Um, so Lost Range um, was founded in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, a little over two years ago um, by two college friends, actually. Um, they share a love of, you know, outdoor sports and have always believed in plants over pills. Um. So they wanted to combine their talents um, to bring plant medicine to the people. So Given has been in the cultivation side um, for close to 20 years and Juan has the experience in business. So together they birthed this beautiful brainchild. Um, It's still a small team working really hard to share our passion for natural remedies um, while also finding ways to support our greater community and advocate for, you know, equitable cannabis reform, right? So we've done some work with Last Prisoner Project and are looking to try to do more to support them as well. Um, We use CBD oil that's derived from hemp grown and extracted here in Colorado. by smaller farms and families within our net- network of providers. Um, everything's made by hand in small batch, mostly by given um, at our facility in Steamboat Springs. We are phasing in new labels that have QR codes on them that link you directly to those COAs so we don't have to send paper copies anymore. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, uh, Our team of professionals is here to support any questions, concerns that anyone may have. Um, I can give you our support email contact um, as well as all of my information. I'm open for DMs or whatever anyone has. Yeah. I think we're probably going to get a lot of questions after this one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here for it. Um, You know, we're all very passionate about what we do. We all are active. consumers of our product and we believe in informing and empowering the people in their you know decision to use um cannabis for wellness and i do just want to touch back um on the idea of using cannabis for wellness or cbd for wellness right mm-hmm. when we think of wellness We picture, you know, mainstream media ideals of wellness, but something you need to consider is wellness includes sparking creativity, extending your patience, promoting self-examination, awakening wonder, catalyzing laughter, facilitating friendships, enhancing the sound of music, or even the touch of your lover's skin, right? Cannabis truly has the ability to enrich the most precious parts of our lives, as well as help treat symptoms of the modern world that our bodies are, you know, exhibiting. I love that. As an avid user of cannabis uh, for the past 12 years, um, I've never really found anything that has helped me in the way that cannabis has helped me. And I've also... Mm. Uh, I have always been very open and honest with my 
therapists and doctors about my cannabis use, and I've never had one medical professional tell me to stop using cannabis. I've had somebody ask me if they think I smoke too much cannabis, and I was like, that might be a good point. Well, that's where uh, conscious (laughs) consumption comes in, right? (laughs) taking a dose for an intended purpose. Um, And I too suffer with that as well. Uh, Something I didn't touch on earlier about my personal story that I would like to share is growing up, I really, gosh, I was 12 or 13 when I had my first experience with death. I had my grandfather pass away and then a neighbor friend pass away like within a month of each other, right? Immediately got put on pharmaceuticals nothing worked, bounced around from, God, you know, all of those, depression, anxiety, ADH medications, all of them, side effects were way worse than any benefit they provided. Um, So me as a sneaky little high schooler, you know, I smoked cannabis and I felt better. And all of a sudden I started questioning all the systems around me and everything I was being told. Um, And it's unfortunate that it's taken almost 20 years for me to get to a point in my life where society is starting to catch up and information is out there and we're able to have these conversations openly and honestly. I had debilitating back pain a couple years ago to the point where I had to get like a steroid injection. They were talking about surgery. And instead I cleaned up my diet and I started incorporating cannabis more intentionally and the inflammation reduced, the pain subsided. I was able to work those 12 or 14 hour shifts, you know, without being on bed rest the next day. So for me, it's a, it's a very personal thing. What about you, Matt and Beltry? Uh, I mean, I, I love all this information because I, I don't really smoke now. Uh, I do take mushrooms occasionally, which is very fun, but I think those uh, should be riding in on the tail coat of cannabis. For sure. Um, yeah. I just, like, I get like, I get some, some anxiety when I smoke that I didn't get when I was younger. Uh, but when we were younger, like you said, like we just smoked to get high. Like we were just like, yeah, we're going to get out of school. We're going to skip class. We're going to go uh, smoke behind the gym and laugh a lot during class. But I mean, my brother, my brother grows medically and, you know, it's been really interesting to like watch uh, him going from like a complete pothead to like someone who's like very scientific about his approach to this whole thing now. And it's like, yeah, this is a very valid form of industry. And like, it's, it's a very real thing and it's not this stigmatized drug. Like people. Right. right. We're out. seeing the propaganda for <laughs> yeah. what it was. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like people should be smoking pot, not cigarettes. <laughs> like it's, Absolutely. When you look at the things that are legal, like those patent drugs, alcohol, Mm -hmm. nicotine, caffeine even, right? Cannabis is safer than all of those. Yeah, I, my mom is a um, avid cannabis user, always has been, been and always has been really open about it. She was also like a professional bartender, but did not drink. Um, so I grew up learning about like how, I mean, her opinion. And I think it is the right opinion of like, cannabis is not as 
detrimental as alcohol, but because of the, I, I don't know if this is true, but like the difficulty of regulating it, the government can't benefit financially from it as much. So it was like, in her opinion, it was like illegal for so long because like, it's not like tobacco where you're like, okay, now we can make all of this money on it. And also like add chemicals to it because people I think have a higher standard for it. So she was like, it's only illegal because like the government can't control it. <laughs> right. Um, well, it became illegal as a means of control and a means of alienating and vilifying um, Mexican immigrants, uh, black and brown bodies. Because if you look at the numbers, like the ACLU has posted numbers along with a couple other organizations, the arrests on cannabis are vastly unproportionately weighted towards black and brown bodies. Mm -hmm. and, and it's for minor possession, right? Minor infringement. The war on drugs, all it did was enrich the cartels and <laughs> create more of a buzz around what should be looked at as a herbal supplement. Right. So now people are seeing the benefits of being able to regulate and tax. And I think that's why it's snowballing so fast within all the states. Right. Um, I do have a question about, so like, obviously as your own person, you can like figure out what dose is right for you. Um, I have been trying to apply CBD to my dog mm -hmm. <laughs> because he definitely has like really bad anxiety and is like reactionary, but at his core is really sweet. So I want to be able to, you know, ease that for him, but I don't know how to regulate. Like, I don't know how, I think that I've had issues with figuring out how much to give him because I'm like, this isn't working. And then I'm like, I don't know how to do this because I can't yeah. talk to him. <laughs> well, our advice on pet tinctures is same as humans, right? You start low and go slow. Um, two times a day, I put it on my cat's wet food, right? Um, I have a little six pound cat and she gets three droppers out of our, like three drops out of a dropper from our thousand milligram pet tincture. Mm -hmm. um, and that seems to do a trick. Enzo's a little bit bigger. It might take four or five. Um, yeah. But again, you want to slowly increase small increments until you see those desired effects. Okay. I'm glad you're doing that. And I'm glad you brought that up because as I mentioned, all creatures aside from insects have an ECS, right? So our anxious dogs or cats can definitely benefit from this plant medicine as well. So now that we've learned what our pets and our cats and our knees and our minds and our bodies can benefit from CBD, what do you think the future of cannabis looks like? <sighs> well, I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not a fortune teller, but I think it's safe to say that the future looks pretty green, right? <laughs> as long as people like us are advocating, not only for the legalization, but for the responsible legalization and reform around it, 
Um, it's going to create jobs. It's going to reduce our country's dependency on opioids. Um, it has so many practical applications, not even discussing the textile possibilities from the hemp plant itself. Um, so I think we're definitely going to start seeing people finding ways to replace plastic with hemp and finding ways to combat this climate emergency, you know, fixing soils that have been contaminated. There's so many, so many uses that as we move towards um, legalization or at least decriminalization, it opens up the doors for the innovators, you know, in our country to really take it and run and use it for all the benefits that it's capable of. That makes me excited. Yeah, it makes me excited too. You know, I think if we all put that energy out there enough, it'll really start taking form. What does your personal future look like? What do you got in the plans? I mean, who knows for sure, right? Uh, I'm trying to settle into a new community. I moved to Flagstaff in December. Trying to find ways to positively impact my community here. Give back find nurture or find and nurture meaning and purpose and the work that I do. Um, and I think my biggest goal for my future is allowing myself to find joy. Um, as an empathetic person, I absorb everything around me and <laughs> seem to like to punish myself um, because I you know, if other people are suffering, I don't deserve to be happy, right? So I'm really trying to reframe my mindset and find joy through um, connection and community. Hell yeah. So my final question for you is, um, do you have any advice for folks out there that are trying to maybe leave this aspect of the hospitality community and maybe kind of dip their toe into the cannabis world to see if if that's a, a more rewarding career because I've always thought of like you know being from the front of house bartender point of view you never really knew whose life you were destroying by serving a drink and that was like always a moral conundrum for me like I don't know these people, and I don't know if I'm like facilitating some type of uh, action that I shouldn't be. And right. I feel like the one positive thing, not not the one, one of many positive things that comes with the, the uh, more holistic cannabis side of things is like, I don't think anyone's life has been destroyed by ingesting a little cannabis, but... Uh, right. The way in which it's destroyed is the unjust consequences that sometimes happen. Um, yes, specifically to yeah. black and brown folks. Yep. White people have always been uh, gotten off easy on the cannabis front for the most part. So, yeah, that's what happens when you live in a country built on white supremacist colonizer ideals. But I digress. Um, Advice to kind of make the switch, do your research, like I said, watch these, you know, 
TEDx talks, read however scientific of materials you can handle, um, use it yourself, really start to understand it because it's a rapidly growing field and there are going to be more and more opportunities to get into it in various ways. Um, I would just suggest as such a large unregulated market, as I've mentioned, just make sure that whoever you're considering working with um, operates in accordance to your values and ethics. Um, so I think that's something that we deal with in this hospitality industry is, you know, working for operators that aren't quite ideal or are actively engaging in things that harm our community. Um, so yeah, just don't, don't get into it just because it's cannabis or CBD, like make sure it definitely aligns with your personal values. Do you think that you have to be a cannabis or CBD user to be able to get a job within the cannabis industry? No, but you at least have to understand how it works, I think. Um, and I say have to in the terms of it's going to put you above the rest of the competition as far as applicants are concerned. If you've done your due diligence, and you have that information and that knowledge ready and like absorbed into your being, you know, um, and a great way to do that in practice, honestly, is if your bar restaurant allows it, talk to them about putting a CBD non-alcoholic cocktail on the menu that facilitates opportunities to talk to the community about the benefits that you've learned um, and kind of helps you get that practice and ease the uh, guilt of slinging poison to people, right? Offering these more inclusive, um, healthier imbibing options. Does anyone else have any qu more questions for Elizabeth? I'm just curious, is Law Strange only available online or is it in any stores? So we are mainly e-commerce right now. Um, we have a small handful of business development directors that are out in um, Colorado, Texas, and me here in Arizona that are starting trying to get it into more retail um, accounts. So if you, if you know anybody that's interested in carrying CBD, let me know. You know, we've got pamphlets, dosing charts, in-depth slide presentations, all sorts of resources um, to help you educate your clients or staff. Perfect. So we're going to include all of the information that Lizzie has talked about and some articles that she has referenced in the info. And if you have any additional questions, please follow up with us and we will make sure that we get those over to Elizabeth. And in anticipation of Mental Health Awareness Month in May, we are doing a self-care basket with loss range. So please keep your eye out for that with our own special discount code to make sure that everybody can get their minds and their bodies right for the month of May. Um, and as always, please hustle responsibly. Have a great rest of your day.